Hello and welcome to the Early Morning Podcast. This is a special edition of the Early Morning Podcast. We'll be discussing uh, UFC 176. This is going to be a UFC episode. So uh, I hope this strikes your interest. If not, you know, you might not want to tune into this. We're going to be discussing the prelims all the way up until the main card. Uh, fight by fight. I mean, my opinion of the fights, what I noticed after the fights. I mean, during the fights and what I think about after the fights. Um, this has been recorded shortly after. I, you know, I just watched them. So uh, let's start let's start with, like I said, this is UFC Fight Night 176. We'll start with, uh, I missed the first fight. I did, I'll admit that. And I only caught the highlights of the second one of the preliminary card. And I did see Courtney Casey... Um, uh, get caught in an arm bar, I believe it was, or did, no, she was, she was, yeah, she was put in an arm bar, or she was, she put, uh, Barella in an arm bar, and she, I, I know Casey's got a good gra- gra- uh, grappling game, and it happened in the first round, I mean, it happened quickly, within less than two minutes, so, I, I believe she took her to the ground pr- quite quickly, and just got her in an arm bar, and, um, like I said, Barella couldn't handle it, and she tapped, and that was pretty much that's what I saw out of the out of the highlights. And then uh, this next fight actually really uh, was it kind of pissed me off. All to be honest, I'll be honest, man. It was. I mean, if you're a UFC fan, you might enjoy stuff like this. You might not enjoy stuff like this. It was a uh, Lan- What's his? I'll give his first name. Nate. Landwehr versus Darren Elkins, and I know I like Elkins. I've seen him fight before, and he's he's a tough motherfucker, man. He he usually, I mean, he's got a chin on him, and uh, he he just I like his technique overall. But uh, I, I I'll, I've never seen Landwehr fight. I mean, he's he's only he's got fourteen wins and or now fifteen, I believe, uh, three losses, and man he was just being he was taunting from the beginning elkins and it was just annoying man and at first it didn't didn't he was putting his arm behind his back he was he was just waving at his face come on hit me hit me hit me you know you you, you see that every now and then in fights but this guy was doing it in the first round and he was doing it with just such such a such a like bitch attitude that like of course he's trying to get in elkins head and he eventually did i mean elkins uh he was still, I mean, I'll be honest, he kept a crazy pace throughout the whole fight, still landing shots on him, which maybe was driving uh, uh, Landwehr to, you know, some of the, some fighters are like that. They just, the more they get hit, the more, the more damage they take, the more, the more they want to get in your face and taunt you, and uh, I, it, it kind of seemed like that kind of happened with him, but unfortunately, that was un- that was unfortunate. I really thought Elkins did a lot more damage in the fight with the sh- with the with uh, the shots that he did deliver and land, but uh, Landwehr did do some. He had some significant knees, and uh, I th- I believe he he took him down once, once or twice. But it didn't really seem that it those takedowns did much damage in my opinion. But he ended up taking. I mean, he ended up winning that that fight, which like I said, I, I, it could go either way. And the next fight was uh, Chikadze versus uh, Rivera. Rivera, I'm sorry. And uh, from the beginning, Chikadze just dominated. Uh, Rivera just did not seem ready. He was outstriked from the first round. Uh, the The fight did it lasted. Uh, what's it called? It did go to decision, but still, it was like almost unfair. It lasted, yeah, all three rounds, but. 
I think it was, what was it? I can't remember the score. Like 27-30, almost all of them for uh, Chikadze. Chikadze. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, but Chikadze or Chikadze. And he, he was just, his striking was outrageous. I, I believe he had a kickboxing career or a um, background, and he was just, he, he was very light on his feet. Very I mean, sitting on his punches for sure. Which we'll get back to that, which for another fighter, you know, that's going to be a tough one for me to talk about. But whatever. Uh, Chikot, yeah, she, he just did, he, did, he like I said, he, just out, he was just outstriking him from the beginning. Rivera knew that he lost the fight. He knew that he didn't do any damage. And that was just, it was, I mean, it was kind of like a clinic, basically. Which brings us to our next fight. Next fight. Uh, Kevin Holland, Anthony Hernandez. Um, both of them with decent records. Kevin with a little bit of a better one. Holland, I mean. And from the beginning, dude, this fight was re it was entertaining, but it was quick. It was lasted 39 seconds officially, and Holland just went at Hernandez. He was just with knees and punches, and he threw a great combination, I believe, but it was the knee that knocked him out. And I thought it was in 15 seconds. Honestly, I thought it was in 15 to 20 seconds that that happened, but apparently it was uh, a little bit longer, and uh, that was that was just I don't know, very very crazy. He just looked completely fearless. They both looked very prepared for the fight, but Holland just he he like I said, not put a clinic on him, but he just destroyed the guy, man. He he went at him with the knee, and he great combinations, like I said, and. He just, you know, added to his uh, his his record, uh, another another W to it, and um, this was the last fight that brings us to the last fight of the prelims, which was Matt Brown, the legend, versus Baeza. And I don't want obviously I've spoiled all of the you know prelims right now, and I don't want to spoil this if you want to plan on watching this fight or these fights, but man, it was sad to see the legend go down. There was drama from the beginning to the end. I mean, the the fight was two rounds, ended early in the second round. Um, but it was very dramatic, like I said. Uh, I thought Brown had it from the beginning. He knocked, he took Baeza down. I thought the ref was going to intervene because he was just landing hammer fists and punches all over him. But Baeza managed to, you know, hip toss out of it, get out of it. And then he ended up knocking him out with a great left to the jaw. I mean, that's really what happened. He got on up on his feet, you know, was able to get his his, his bearings about, and uh, just ended up. I don't I don't remember. Like I said, if it was a great combination or anything. I think he slipped a couple punches from Brown, and then just hit him with the jaw. Tried to come finish him, hit him with an elbow, I think, but it was already over with after that while uh, um, Brown was on his back. And uh, that's, I mean, that's just how that one went down. That was, I mean, they were, that was a really entertaining fight, especially if you're a Matt Brown fan. I mean, I'm sure you're kind of, un, you know, disappointed, but still, it was it was a good fight. And uh, that'll bring me to my uh, another point before I uh, discuss the main event. Actually, I have two points before I discuss the main event. Fuck the tweets that consistently pop up while people are fighting. If I'm seeing two people in a cage fight each other for 15 to 25 minutes, I do not want to see a consecutive amount 
of people's tweets or opinions or ideas or whatever the fuck they think they have. Why the UFC is publishing that on ESPN? This was a this was on ESPN. You didn't have to pay for this fight. But whatever the reason they think that's a good idea, I do not understand. But as a viewer, I just I hate it, man. Fuck that. It blocks the screen. You it's distracting. I don't end up reading over half of them, but still like I don't understand. I don't know why why they thought that was a good idea. I, I mean, it's not like they're going to listen to me, but I really really hope that they that they get some more flack from people that actually matter and they don't do that, man. They did that on the last card that we talked about. Um, what's it called? I didn't mention it, but they were putting tweets up the whole time. And, man, it was just so annoying. I don't want to, like, it wasn't really distract. It was distracting because I, I, it just covers your screen. I didn't want to, I didn't care to read them because I want to see the people fight. But I, I don't want to see a huge gray box go over my screen. That brings uh, me to my uh, next sponsor. Or my sponsor, not next, but our first sponsor, which is uh, Truly. If you truly want to enjoy a refreshing beverage, you know, grab a Truly hard seltzer. You got a variety of flavors. They now have the lemonade flavor, which where you can get black cherry lemonade, original lemonade, mango, or strawberry lemonade. And they already have, what, like six other flavors in their normal Truly pack. So from passion fruit to wild berry to grapefruit to pineapple, I mean... Whatever, they, they have something you like, okay? So, grab a Truly, you know, stay refreshed. Um, and especially if you're trying to catch, you know, a nice, you know, if you're trying to watch a, a nice UFC card like tonight's, you know, you grab grab, grab a 24-pack, grab a 12, grab a 6-pack if you need to. And now, we go into the mains. First of all, also, I want to say, uh, Bisping looks exa I can't remember the guy's name right now. I don't know why, but uh, I think it was John Anik, Bisping, and this other guy, which they're Bisping and this other guy, bearded guy. He, they're the same person just with different color beards. They're literally they look the exact same. They could switch switch literally switch faces, just keep the same beard, and they're the same or a different color beard, and they're the same person. You would not be able to tell if, unless Bisping changed his accent. It's ridiculous. I can't remember. I, I I mean, I can't believe I can't remember this guy's name, but he they're the same person. I noticed they were standing side by side, and I was like, wow, is that two Michael Bisbings, one American and one that's British, or what? But, um, yeah, that'll bring me to my next main point before we really get into the main card of uh, UFC 176 fight night. I uh, I talked a lot about on this podcast about Claudia Gadelia and uh, how much I think that she's a fucking bitch ass. Co no, I'm kidding. Just how I don't like how she really acts on social media and how I've just grown this kind of uh, opinion of her that's not the most positive. And I know she's a great fighter and all, but whatever. She fought tonight. She ended up fighting tonight, and uh, her English was better than I thought it would be because she. She's from Brazil and shit. But um, that was a co-main event. I'll talk about that later. But shout out to her. You know, no beef against you at all. I know you don't even listen to this, but whatever. Uh, first was Song versus uh, Vera, which uh, that was a beast-ass fight. One of my homies thought Song was Korean Zombie. I was like, no, nah, but he, he could be in the future. 
I mean, that fight was just full of crazy flurries and, and body shots from the both of them, you know. I, I really, I had Song from the beginning. I thought it would be Song that would take the, that, that would win that fight, you know. I, um, just because I've seen him fight before and also, I mean, his record is very similar to Vera's, but just his fight style, how he fights, like he could take a lot of damage. A lot of those Korean dudes, man, they can take punches to the chin, their eye, nothing, barely even bleed or anything. Uh, there was no, it was com completely quick pace the whole fight. Um, and then it seemed to be like Vera dominated after some time with strikes and he took him to, he took a song to the ground for a little bit. Um, I, and after that, that was about a little bit over halfway, probably towards the end of the second round. And then it was kind of, you could go one round for one round. And then it's, it, it really did seem like Vera... Vera um, dominated the third round as well. He was he was really going. His strike. He didn't seem winded. Neither did Song really. But he see. And from what I recall and what I saw, it really looked like um, Vera had. He had he had the most control and he was doing the most damage over overall of the fight. But uh, I was surprised to see that Song. They gave it to Song. Um, it could be because there's a lot of. Not a lot, but right now his name is big in the community. And uh, they didn't want to give him a loss, which is a whole other, you know, argument or topic to discuss. But that's just, I mean, like, at the end of the day, that's sometimes how the UFC operates. And uh, that's that that could have been what it is. Maybe I, I, I just misjudged it or misremembered it. But that brings us to the next fight. Um, uh, Eric Anders, Christoph Yotko. And... Uh, I, for the a majority of the fight, I really couldn't tell who was winning. I mean, it was kind of just a back and forth of, like, some shots connecting, some, some shots not. Um, Yatko did look a little bit more lively, you know? It looked like he, he uh, landed some more damaging strikes, uh, honestly. I mean, it didn't, like, it was hard to tell, though. It really, like, this, this, this fight was one of the weirder ones on the card because... Further, further, uh, what's it called? Fuck, man. Yeah, give me that. Further, middle, middleweights usually, you know, they, I, they have enough energy to go, you know, a long time. These guys did go, you know, three rounds the whole, the whole fifteen. But I, I still, I mean, I could barely tell. Like I said, I could from a little bit. Yotko did land a little bit more damaging strikes, and um, I can't remember if he landed that many. I think he was doing a lot of front leg kicks. And uh, those probably, you know, ended up giving him the advantage. But that one, that one was kind of a, you know, average fight. And that brings us to another one, man. The, the one of my favorite, you know, up and coming. I don't even know if you want to call him an up and coming fighter at this point, but one of my favorite guys to watch, uh, Dan Egit. Uh, he fought uh, Edson Barbosa, who Barbosa's got a, I mean, he's got a lengthy record. He's twenty and nine. He get four now fifteen and two, I believe. But um, Iga was being so versatile, man, and it seemed like he did not give a fuck, dude. From the start to the end, he he was throwing so many punches with power and um, being able to slip punches that were. Uh, even kicks, you know, Edson Barbosa, he he did a great job of measuring distance to not not let Barbosa give him knees or any front kicks or any kind of head kicks. He did throw some head kicks. Barbosa did a couple of them did land and probably do some damage. But Egit still did a great job, honestly, of 
keeping a close distance, not allowing him to, you know, do what he's known best known for. And the announcers many times mention, oh yeah, Barbosa, you got to watch out for his left switch kick or his right, you know, his right kick to the thigh. And Ige did a great, great job of, of, uh, of playing that off. And he was just also not flurrying Barbosa, but just playing it very smart, playing, watching his angles and throwing a bunch of punches that, you know, ended up landing great, powerful shots and overall doing more damage than Barbosa was able to do with some of his kicks and uh, shots or punches at rather. Um, Barbosa's not a bad striker to say in the slightest, but it just, he was out, he was, he was outfought by Egan. Honestly, that's really how it seemed. And uh, the, the judges uh, agreed the same way. And, uh, it was it was really uh, just as a, as a fan. It was it was a pleasure to watch how Egit was able to defend his um, himself from Barbosa's kicks. He could he it was almost able to tell. And Barbosa is one of the greatest. You people know that he's he's very well respected for his um, his Muay Thai, his kickboxing, and uh, Egit just did an amazing job of being able to read when he was about to throw a, you know, a spinning kick or maybe a, a, a switch heel high kick, I mean. And he, he just did a great job. I think he did take a few low kicks to the calf, but overall, like I said, he did do a better job of landing those more powerful punches to Barbosa that did do some damage. I almost think, I think I, at one point I thought Barbosa had a broken nose. He was bleeding pretty hard from it, but... uh that was that was a great fight. That was a really good fight. And that brings me to uh, our uh, our gal, our uh, our famous friend on this podcast. I hope she's a friend. I hope she becomes a friend one day. I'd love to have her on one day as a guest. Uh, Claudia Gadelia versus Angela Hill, which was the co-main event of the evening. Like I said, it was UFC Fight Night One Seventy Six. And, um, I, you know, as much as I said, like I, I mentioned before, as much as I talked about get Claudia, first of all, the announcers were mentioning her, Claud Claudia Gadalia, they were saying her name so weird, man, I don't know if it's, if I'm saying it weird or right, or who is, fuck, dude, alright, man, but, um, they, uh, yeah, it was, that's I how that's they were saying her name weird, but yeah, Claudia Gadelia, she's been mentioned before on this podcast. She fought Angela Hill tonight, and um, that was probably one of the my favorite fights of the night. Uh, that one, Egan and Barbosa, and then of course the uh, the main event, which we'll get to right after this. But Gadelia, um, she she's just she was a she's a beast. I've known she's a beast. I just like I said I don't like how she how she acts on social media and how she just seems so fake and all just whatever as a person I just can't get past her whatever Angela Hill is so more likable she was homeless I think I mentioned that before she just, she joined a gym and she's just she's she's an animal as well she's a really a beast okay and it seemed like she was in control most of the fight it really did it seemed like she had more control um, while th on, on the they were they were mostly um, exchanging f um, punches for the most of the, most of the part. There was I believe one takedown in the first round by Gadelia that um, 
she didn't do much with. She really didn't do much. She held her down for about 45 seconds, I think, maybe give or take, and didn't really do much. She didn't get her in any kind of stressful um, or, uh, what's it called, so, kind of submissive position. She just ha kind of had her on a, a half guard and was just sitting on top of her pretty much, really, just sitting on her back, which is, you don't want that from, from Claudia, but... Angela just did a great job of, I guess, keeping her off, keeping her distracted, trying to keep wrist control and trying to keep her hips moving and try to get out of it. And then that was that. After that, man, it just really seemed like to me it, it could have gone either way. There were some great right hands thrown by both. I mean, if you look at Gedalia and if you look at Hill, you'll, you'd be surprised as, like, who's strong. Not surprised, but you'd be... It's pretty clear who has a stronger punch, and Gedalia's punches were stronger, but they weren't as they weren't as a uh, as consistent, and they were as not uh, well put together as, as Angela's. Angela was landing way better combinations that seemed to do way more damage. She was able to draw blood, I believe, on the upper uh, on the eye on the eyebrow of Gedalia, and was targeting. She had just killer right hands, killer right hands, and. Um, Basically, like I said, it, w it was basically all on on um, standing up. They were just just going very few leg kicks, very few high head kicks thrown, very cute few kicks period thrown. Mostly just uh, elbows, uppercuts, and uh, straight straight right hands a lot. Gadelia missed so many uh, like lefts and attempted hooks, from what I remember. But at the end, they gave it to her. They gave it to Claudia Gadelia. And, uh, and I believe it was because she's ranked. She's ranked, I think, number six or number eight in uh, the featherweight division. and um, Or, I'm sorry, strawweight, I believe. They ended up giving it to her after a decision of 15 minutes. And um, Angela Hill's not ranked. She's not on, you know, she's not in this. She's not, I mean, she's obviously a huge name in the strawweight class or in the division. But she's not, she doesn't have a number by her name, so... That's really why I think it, they I think they gave it to Claudia to be honest, and it's unfortunate that it went that way, but it did, and uh, that'll bring us to our final uh, final topic of the of the pod, the special UFC edition of the podcast, the early morning podcast, and that was Alisar Overeem versus uh, Walt Harris, and um, man, I I knew uh, Overeem was fighting, but I did not know he was f fighting Harris to be honest. Um, Wow, really, wow, uh, that's, I mean, they, fuck, okay, I get it, um, Harry, I mean, if you know anything about UFC, which if you're listening to this, you probably do, uh, Walt Harris, uh, lost his daughter last September due to a, um, kidnapping and, kidnapping and murder, I'm sorry, and, which is just tragic overall, and, he, uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to fight again, and he didn't really commit to any UFC contracts, I don't believe. And until recently, he felt that, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into it. He just felt comfortable again fighting, and he felt that uh, it would be okay with his family and with his, with uh, God rest her soul, his daughter, you know, for him to pursue the career he was, he was uh, at, in. And uh, he took a fight against, you know, a legend. You know, we, I've, I, Alistar Overeem, and like, I know it's been a weird past few months, but I feel like this year, we're five months into this year, I feel like he's fought four or five times already, 
and just two or three months ago, he nearly ripped his lip off. I think I don't know. If, I believe I've mentioned that already, but dude, this guy's insane, man. And that that fight was crazy. That fight last it only went two it uh, went two rounds. Um, could have could have been. I mean, it, yeah, two rounds, but it could have gone quicker. Uh, Harris got a great start on it by uh, uh, he landed some great you know great combinations on Overeem. But Overeem, being the veteran that he is, he was able to def deflect, and you know he was able to take the damage for a little bit, and then he got even taken down at one point. Uh, and uh, once he was taken down, he was able to just do great, you know, great grappling defense, gra get a heel, uh, not a heel hook, but a grab his heel, switch his positioning, gra get on his feet, and uh, just kind of really, really, really wind. Um, Harris for the rest of that round and just w with punches and I believe he took him down as well kept him on the ground for a, a few seconds of the fight and then the third round is where it kind of just or I mean I mean I rather the second round is where it just kind of was over with for Harris I mean he was so tired you could hear him breathing which is what another another thing I loved about you know having an empty arena and you know it, I mean it sucks obviously but you hear the punches land, you hear the fighters breathing, you hear the coaches communicating. You can even hear the commentators talking through your screen because their voice is being caught by the mics. It's it's honestly crazy, but uh, not crazy, but it's it's really it's really entertaining, especially if you're a really like big fight fan. Like you'd love to hear those those slight things they have to say. And Harris's corner was just encouraging him to stay in the fight and. They, t they were telling him, you got this, I mean, you got this, and I know in the back of his mind he was thinking of his daughter and how he, you know, he wanted to prove that he can do this for her and how he, he's he's not giving up, and, but Overeem, man, was just dominating him. He had, he had him on his back, and he was, I, I don't know officially how many punches, but he had to have landed close to probably 40 to 50, I'm, I'm serious, I'm not exaggerating, 40 to 50 right, right hooks or right, not even hammer fists, just right hooks to his temple and jaw. Whether it would be under his, he was doing, I mean, like I said, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He waited until he got, until Harris was tired, got him on his back, and just was f flurrying him with right hooks and right overhands between, um, or un rather underneath his armpit and over his shoulder. And... There were several times I thought the referee could have called it, but Harris was putting his hands up, and like I said, that's when he was thinking about his daughter and whatnot. But um, still, I mean, I, I I have to admire him, and I have to admire the both of them for taking for first of all for Overeem, no, first of all for Harris taking a fight after you know what's gone gone what's happened to his family and especially his daughter, rest in peace. But Overeem for be having a record that he has, you know, 46 wins, 47 wins, 18 losses. And for being a veteran in this game for, like, I believe 10, 12 years. I mean, he's just a legend. And he, I hope he drew, you know, a lot of uh, watcher, pe watchers, people that watch the event. Because he, he deserves his paycheck, and so does Harris. And so do all the fighters on this card. And uh, shout out, like I said, shout out Truly. If you want to grab a refreshing, you know, hard seltzer, any kind of seltzer or beverage, grab a Truly. You'll truly enjoy it. There's a variety of flavors. And um, 
Thank you for listening to this edition of the uh, Early Morning Podcast UFC. This was a UFC 176 Fight Night Edition. Peace.